All right, this is Ward Fasol from Inside High School Sports, and I am joined with Professor Matt Diggs from the old coach, and we just got our sheets in front of us with the new districts. And the thing that drops me, uh, jumps off the page with me, Diggs, is the fact I've been here since 2006, and I've never seen Allen and the Planos have not be in the same district. What does that What does that mean to you, being a Plano East guy? Just seeing that that you're not a, you're not, you don't have to battle Allen every every single year or the next two years at least. Yeah, except that uh, with, with the uh, realignment, I, I mentioned to Ashley on Friday that our, our non-district schedule was pretty much set. We had Marcus in week one, uh, Lake Highlands in week two, and Wiley in week three. Well, when that happened, Lake High, or uh, Marcus got married to Plano East, so Plano East is looking for a, a week one game. Allen is looking for a week one game, so there you go, Plano East Allen week one. So we don't really get, uh, we don't avoid Allen for two years, uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting because. Allen and non-district versus Allen and district is a completely different animal. Now you're going to have uh, Plano and Plano East, likely the two biggest teams in that district uh, with, with the Louisville and Coppell schools, and I think parity is really going to be the name of the game. Uh, when I look at this district, pretty much from uh, top to bottom, I'm seeing about three touchdowns difference from the top to the bottom. So, so a move-in, an injury, I mean, all kinds of things uh, can make this district uh, in, in football just a complete mess. Uh, I don't. I think people are going to have, when they come up with their predictions in the summer, uh, we're going to see 20 different predictions for this district. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody's going to think this the same way about this. Whereas if Allen was in that district, everybody would start Allen number one. Right. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in this district and across all the sports uh, it's really going to be a good district Louisville ISD has consistently been fantastic at athletics right. I mean you know all the all the teams that win state championships uh, in multiple sports in Louisville ISD so it's going to be a fun and competitive district and a lot of people always think to themselves why do that well if you look at a map I mean Hebron and Plano West are about two and a half miles apart right. I mean it's it's really a natural fit when you look at it I was going to say, and I was going to say the exact opposite way. When you look at Geyer and and Flower Mound, Marcus and Flower Mound, they're they're like four or five miles away. I mean, I, I make that trek every time. But maybe you can open the eyes of people that see these realignments and may not understand. Do they do it more proximity wise, or they do it more competition wise, or, or do you have no idea because it's a it's a UIL deal and they keep everything secret? It, it is a UIL deal, and they do keep everything see, secret. And there are just things that are head-scratchers. I, I remember one that was very germane to me about uh, 10 years ago was when they had McKinney Boyd uh, aligned with the Gar- Garland ISD district. Yeah. And you just had to scratch your head because they had to go through Allen right. to get over to Garland, but they just would not pair Allen and Garland. And I think we see that in 5A Division Two as well, whereas a lot of people were very worried that Alito and Fort Worth ISD would be a good fit, and it was a good fit, and geographically it is a good fit. But we saw that Grapevine and Carrollton Creekview ended up drawing that. So right. geographically... It makes no sense, but if you look at it at a competitiveness standpoint, it does make sense for a competitiveness thing. So I think they look at it geographically and athletically, and I think they just wanted to try something different. And I think what really uh, was the impetus for all of this, if you look at Region 1 and 6A, 
is a pairing that had not happened in 40 years, but has been something that should be happening. They finally made it happen. And I think when you put those districts together, and I'm talking about Arlington and Grand Prairie, I, you. I mean, it's, you, you talk about 2003, you've been doing this, and you haven't seen Allen and Plano apart. Well, you'd have to go back to us being teenagers and before that to see <laughs> Arlington and Grand Prairie together. Right. And now they're finally going to be together. And I think they decided, let's put this together. Let's put Arlington and Grand Prairie together and then build a district around, build the DFW area around all of that. So sometimes I wonder if they have like a like a purpose in a region and right. they have a goal. Okay, in region one, we're going to do this and then everything else gets built around that. And I wonder if, for instance, in 5A Division Two, if they said, okay, let's put together these schools and then we got to build everything else around that. And I think that's why we saw uh, Forward ISD have a lot more parity uh, right. this year because they decided not to put Alito with them. And it does look like in a lot of these districts, we're going to see new playoff teams. Uh, I mean, they may not last long, but they may make it in there. I mean, you you bring up Division or Five A and Division One. You got Lancaster in there with the DISDs and a couple of Carrollton teams. Well, a couple of these DISD teams probably haven't made the playoffs in God knows how long, or e- even some of the Carrollton squads. And now they have a chance to fill in those two, three, and four spots. Oh, absolutely. I think uh, one that jumps out immediately is, is W.T. White. I mean, this is a team that was very competitive, uh, relatively speaking, against the Richardsons and, and, right. and the, kind of the lower end of the uh, district they were in with Duncanville last year. Uh, so I immediately think W.T. White's going to get one of those spots. I think Newman Smith is going to get one of those spots as well. And then I think for the fourth, you're going to have a, a little bit of chaos. But that's going to be fun. But what's not going to be fun is when they have to do by district. Because if you look at that District 5, 5A, yeah. uh, Division 1, That's with it. Denton Ryan and Frisco Lone Star and Frisco Reedy in the Colony as likely your four playoff teams, and you've got some good teams in there. Frisco Independence and Frisco Wakeland are like, yes. hey, what about us in that conversation? Uh, you basically took two really good districts, combined them together, and you've got all the playoff teams just going there. And you want to talk about how great that is, but how great is it that we're going to be talking about Highland Park and Long yeah. You in the same district. That is what, and I call that the potpourri district because most of these teams are, are teams that are in ISDs that only either have one school or one school in that particular, you know, uh, 5A Division One, and there's nowhere else to put them, so they put them all in together. And now you have Highland Park, you got Longview, West Mesquite can play, McKinney North, you know, they'll score 56 a night. I know you love those type games. It's that's that's one of the dis- only di- and I'm, it brings me to another point. It's one of the only few districts that have a ton of travel. We don't have the HEBs going out to San Angelo anymore. We got a little bit of travel from uh, 116A going down to Waco, but that's not that much. And uh, but this one this one does have a bit of a travel because you are going to go out to Longview. You're going to go way up to Sherman, out to Tyler. But it, it's not as bad as it was last year for the HEB squads. Yeah, in fact, you know, I think uh, L.D. Bell has got to be a winner because if you look at this district, you know, we keep talking about when L.D. Bell is going to make the playoffs. I think they look at this district and say, well, maybe next year. Yeah. I mean, this is a, they have a legitimate shot to make uh, the the playoffs. And they don't have to go to San Angelo, and they don't have to go to Abilene, right. uh, you know, once every two years, and then the other sports every year. Uh, so this is a great win for the HEB ISD district. Uh, I think even North Crowley is thinking to themselves, wow, this is a great opportunity for us because we're no longer with the Arlington schools. Uh, and even Fort Worth Pascal is kind of looking at that like, well, 
we got some competition. We got some, uh, you know, we have some five A's coming up. We have LD Bell, who's kind of always been down. You have North Crowley, who's kind of been down. Weatherford, right. uh, they're going to be graduating heavy. There's going to be a lot of parity, and of course, the Saginaw schools are looking at this district like we couldn't have been putting a better district coming up. We could have been South Lake or yeah, this district. We'll true. take this. And they have a chance to get in there. That, I mean, like you said, we're we're going to see some new playoff teams. I don't know how long they're going to last, but we're definitely going to see that. Let's. Let's bring it over to 116A. Your thoughts of the district they always call District of Doom. It's, it's pushed over into Region 2 this year. Talk to me about what you like in those teams. And when you look at this district, uh, just flat out the fact that you're going to be dealing with uh, the fact that you have four teams that in the last 10 years, you could say, had have had state aspirations with Cedar Hill, DeSoto, Duncanville, and Waco Midway. A lot of our uh, viewers may not really know Midway, I mean, because, you know, but, but they're always going deep and they play. You know, the fact that Lake Ridge and Midway played in the Cotton Bowl uh, right. Classic for a couple of years, so they're very familiar with each other. Uh, and Midway has been a program that has kind of modeled themselves after Allen. You know, Coach Gamble came from Midway, uh, kind of that's where he got his, you know, 6A cr- uh, credentials to get, get go back over to Allen and get ready for that job. Uh, so you look at these schools, and Duncanville, after being in that Richardson ISD district, uh, they now get to have that competition, right. and I think that's really going to help them but their road if you kind of look at it now they're instead of having to go through you know arlington martin and schools like that they're going to be going through houston schools and central texas schools so it's going to be a different road for duncanville but it's one with that uh to be sophomore quarterback uh, that we saw in the state championship game. They're going to be uh, primed and ready. And, of course, Cedar Hill and DeSoto and and, uh, and Midway are going to say, well, put our resumes up. But then you have teams that are consistently good in other, distri- in other districts, like Lake Ridge and Mansfield and Waxahachie at times. You know, they Waxahachie has just been looking to crest, and, and, and they had a big win this past year. Uh, they're going to try to play spoilers and get in that fourth playoff spot, and you wonder – who is going to be at risk? Is it going to be a team like DeSoto? Is it going to be a team like Cedar Hill that's just going to take one game uh, right. to, to lose that fourth place spot? That's right. That's, I mean, that's I guess that's the, the opposite side of all the DISD teams making the playoffs. we got some play- teams here that are legitimate playoff spots that are probably going to be missing out just because of the district you're in. But, hey, you got to play who you play. I also wanted to talk a little bit about 5A uh Five, excuse me, four, five, a division one. That seems like a a good bracket right there. Uh, a good, divi- excuse me, a good district right there with Burleson Centennial Heritage, a couple of Mansfield teams. But Lothian runs that uh, runs that office. You got Birdville. You get the come up of Red Oak. It, that looks like a very, you know, five or six teams going for those four spots. Yeah, and when you look at this district, you you, you do you take random teams from other districts and you kind of put them together, right. and this is what you get. One thing I saw that Burleson Centennial is going to be playing Plano in, in the opener. Uh, they play uh, they played El Paso uh, Eastwood the last couple of years, and that going to play Burleson Centennial to start off the season. I think that will give us a good chance to see Burleson Centennial and how good they're going to play. Red Oak has been better over the last couple of years, but their district, you know, but they beat South Oak Cliff in that district. Uh, so we're going to find out how Red Oak is going to fare when they're playing good teams. We saw how Richland did last year, uh, right. and, and they had a really good run. Now they're going to be dropping to 5A. 
they're looking at this district like, you know, they can succeed. Every team has resumes. We know Colleyville Heritage uh, made it to the regional finals of the last year. So how will they be able to play Birdville, those classic games of Birdville and, and Colleyville Heritage? Uh, so this is an incredibly competitive and balanced district in 4-5A. And, and teams like Midlothian are like, hey, you know, we, we took a, a lead over to the, to right. the mat. We're the team that did that. So who is going to come out of this district because you basically have uh, eight teams here that all have playoff pedigrees. It's going to be a fun district for sure. Well, let me drop down into uh, a little bit of lower lower classifications of 4A Division One. now that we talked about 11-6A being the district of doom, but I, I look at the t- this 2-5A two, two and you see Stephenville, Midlothian Heritage, Brownwood. I guess Brownwood and Stephenville had games a, a natural rivalry back in the day, and, and then you throw La Vega yeah. in there with them too. What what do you think about this district, and uh, who do you think could come out of there? And and Wasatchie Life is a team I I kind of looked at. They were in a district uh, near the uh, kind of the Central East Texas teams of Athens and, and and teams like that, and and they're a playoff team. And you know you may not have heard of Wasatchie Life, but this is a team that has been a playoff team, and they're looking at this district and they're probably thinking to myself, themselves, how are we going to get in <laughs> this district? And Midlothian Heritage has had a fantastic tradition, uh, but again, they were in Region 3 the last couple of years, and they were able to do some uh, good things in, in, in Region 3, so now how are they going to fare in Region 2? Uh, who's going to come out of this district? It's really, I mean, you can't bet against La Vega, obviously, Stephenville, and, and Heritage, uh, and then Alvarado with their great tradition, and right. they're going to be a team that may be on the outs uh, when it comes to this. I would say right now, if you if you put the gun to my head and made me pick, I'd pick Brownwood Heritage, Stephenville, and La Vega. But I think Alvarado uh, has a resume to say, well, don't overlook us for sure. But Wachtahatchee Life, it's a team to kind of watch out. They're a wild card, kind of a charter school. Uh, and you never know what you're going to get out of Wachtahatchee Life, uh, depending on how transfers and uh, how things kind of work out over there. But uh, they're definitely going to be a wild card in that district. Excellent. I guess let's finish this off. Maybe you can give me some quick hitters of, of who you think were winners and losers in today's realignment. Man, uh, my, my Panthers, I don't know if they're <laughs> going to be much of a winner in this. I, I think, unfortunately, they may get picked 7th or 8th in this district. Uh, but what I really like about that district is that I think, you know, we're only really, like I said, dealing with two or three touchdowns and difference. Right. You get a couple players, you have a really good offseason, you can make that gap up or consequently a team could fall a couple touchdowns if, if depending on their graduating classes. I have to think uh, Ulyss uh, and Bell are, are winners getting out of the travel yeah. and having a really good district. Uh, I even think uh, to a certain extent you, you look at uh, Prosper and Allen. I think that they're very happy uh, to have that alignment. I mean, look at that top three. You got, you know, if, if I asked you who in District 5-6A went the furthest in the playoffs, a lot of people would naturally think Allen probably did, but we know Denton Geyer lost right. in the state championship. Uh, so you've got Allen, Denton Geyer, and Prosper really being a top three. I think uh, McKinney and McKinney Boyd would much rather have the Plano schools versus the, that top three. Uh, so I think they're they're going to be a little bit of a loser when it comes to that. I think Jesuit is a big winner. Yeah. Uh, they go from that uh, Plano and Allen district to uh, Irving and uh, uh, Richardson district, yeah. and I think Jesuit's going to be pretty much considered the district favorite now in that district. Wiley getting to stay with the Garland schools, that's a big win. 
Uh, so I would say that they are big winners. Everybody in District 11 6A is going to be losers <laughs> as far as, you know, competitiveness and right. getting getting to make it to the playoffs. And then their reward for getting out of that district is you got to travel to Colleen and, and Central Texas. Right. Uh, so I, I would say that is, is a little bit of a loser. Uh, obviously, the, uh, the your... your uh, your coworker actually is uh, Azel Hornets. Uh, they got very, a very good district setup, although they do have to go to Abilene Cooper uh, once a year. Uh, so that'll be kind of an interesting thing. I think the fans are all winners because I think a lot of the things that we would want as fans, games we would want to see, Highland Park and Longview, Alito not having to beat uh, four ISD teams by 80 every week. I think a lot of this alignment is going to create a lot of competitive balance. So even though the UIL is not supposed to align based on what we want as fans, right. they kind of did this this time. And I think uh, we're going to be rewarded with two fantastic years of football because of it. Excellent, excellent. I mean, I, I'm actually looking forward to the Alito Timberview game. Alito may pull away, but at least they're playing somebody in their district. And I, I see Poteet as a possible winner as well as they're in there with the Dallas ISD teams. I mean, they still got to go through South Oak Cliff, but uh, it's a lot better than what was going on. So I appreciate you for joining us. Uh, please don't drive too fast when you're coming through my neighborhood in Flower Mound when you come to see your Panthers. So we'll, we'll track you down. And uh, thank you for joining us, Diggs. Thank you for having me. Have a good one.